So Walk the Line is the movie of the day. It's been fun watching you all walk in and look at the posters and see which one. I wore all black because I'm the man in black today uh, to go along with the Johnny Cash theme. How many of you have seen the movie Walk the Line? Yeah. Okay. So a few more of you, not all of you, which is, is interesting. Um, it is a, the, the movie is so interesting. Uh, Johnny Cash was born and given the name JR. His mom and dad kind of argued about what name they wanted him to have. And when he graduated high school and ended up going to the military, you weren't allowed to enroll in the military with initials as your name. They called him JR. And so he had to choose one, and he chose John. And that's how he got into the military. And then eventually they started calling him Johnny, Johnny Cash. He was born in Arkansas um, to a um, really uh, a very poor family who had been given the promise of land by the U.S. government. They were working after the, the um, Great Depression. They were, the, the New Deal, I think it was called the New Deal, was opening up land. And if you worked the land, you had the promise of owning that land later in life. And so that, his family was one that took that in Arkansas, Dice, Arkansas. And they worked the land, um, picking cotton, growing cotton. That's where Johnny grew up. And um, so that's the background of the story. He uh, grew up in this very poor family. He had a, a very close relationship with one of his brothers. And uh, there's some challenges in this movie. And I keep thinking we're going to hit a movie that isn't like, a, like getting to the emotions, but we keep hitting these movies that have these deep emotions in us. And I'm just going to warn you, this one has some here at the beginning. With, uh, with Johnny Cash and his, his older brother. Um, why do we do the movie series? Jesus taught in parables because stories get to our heart. And when, we can get, when you can get down into the heart, that's what God, he wants your heart. He doesn't just want your mind. He doesn't just want you to have a certain kind of behavior. He wants your heart because out of the heart, that's where your life begins to flow. Here are, the, here are the themes I want us to watch for today that I'm watching for. Um, identity, who are we? Students or graduates, it's a great question for you to wrestle with. Who are you? Not just what are you going to do in life, but who are you? Words and the power of words, the importance of the words that are used to form our identity, and the words we choose to speak into other people's lives. So I want us to pay attention to that theme in the, in the movie. And then what do we do with the pain all of us experience in life? What do you do with that pain? And uh, Johnny Cash had to wrestle with all three of these things, and that's the plot line of our movie. You ready for the first, the first one? All right, here we go. Hey everybody, we're back with another week of the At The Movie series. This week is an awesome movie called Walk The Line. It came out a few years ago. It's the story of Johnny Cash and June Carter. And uh, due to copyright issues, we can't show the clip online to you. Uh, but that's why we're here, to kind of explain what's going on. This is a longer scene that we've kind of um, shortened down into a, a couple of clips and it really is the beginning of the movie, right. setting up the stage for the rest of the movie of Johnny Cash's yeah. life. So in this first scene, you meet uh, two brothers, Johnny Cash, or as they call him growing up, JR, um, and his brother, his older brother, Jack. 
and um, they're in the, the house. They, it's, it's a time in the country when it's, there's a lot of poverty, it's the South. Um, they're living in this, you know, wood beam bearing house, yeah. <laughs> um, making ends meet. And Arkansas. Yes. And, you know. and so you see very quickly, um, JR, AKA Johnny, listening to the radio. And I love a part of this that June Carter is actually the one mm -hmm. singing on the radio. It's like a little subtle hint. Yeah, little June Carter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little June Carter. Um, but you just learn about JR's love of music very quickly. And uh, the dad does not like music. You yeah. pick up on that fact. Yeah, like, go to bed. Go to bed. Turn so, that off. So then they yeah. go to bed and the boys have a conversation. I love this scene because it's just like, you can tell these brothers love each other so much. They're very close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you see also in the scene, they have different gifts and different mm -hmm. things that they bring. Uh, we can appreciate at the time. I think their family just appreciated the gifts of what can bring in the money, right. you know? And right. so um, we do fast forward a clip at this point, then they're in the sawmill and mm -hmm. Jack is cutting up pieces of wood and we find out in the scene he's cutting up pieces of wood to make one dollar and he jr really wants to go fishing mm -hmm. and it's it's funny because it's just like little brother like let's go fishing come yeah. on you don't yeah. have to do it he's like no I, i'm getting paid a dollar to cut up all this wood yeah. and so you go fishing and i'll meet you later mm -hmm. and so and so that's what happens you fast forward jr in the scene does go fishing and as you see jr on this long stretch of road um, there's an old car coming forward and racing towards him and you see JR's dad and obviously there's panic in his face and he says immediately to Johnny, he says, where are you been? Where are you been? And JR's confused, he's like, what's happened? What's wrong? So they shove him in the car and they race off and the next scene is in the hospital because Jack had an incident at the sawmill, sadly, a very fatal accident. Yeah. Yeah, and then so we're, you see, we're at the end of Jack's life, and JR's emotional. He loves his brother. He wanted him to go fishing with him. You can see he feels guilty for leaving his brother. Mm -hmm. All of this is happening with mom's yeah. And um, what does Jack say? Jack says, from him firstly, he says, JR, do you hear those angels singing? And um, I love that because obviously JR loves music, and so I just love that in that moment, Jack was loving it too. He just felt like the presence of God was there with him and that the angels were coming. And the mom says, I hear him, baby, yeah. I hear him. And then sadly, um, you understand that Jack has passed, yeah. so. So then we fast forward again and um, you don't have the help of the older son in the house, in the fields. Dad's, you know, he's looking for money. They don't have a lot of money. He's upset. You, you find out later in the story, he's, he's got kind of a tendency to be abusive, he's got an alcohol problem, mm -hmm. and he um, walks in and immediately is verbally and somewhat physically abusive to his family, mm -hmm. and tells, has a scene where it's kind of hard to watch, but he um, kind of attacks JR mm -hmm. and um, tells him to turn off that music, and so Ray's upset, and then his wife yeah. Karen, JR's mom. Yeah. Uh, pipes in. What, what yeah. does she say there? Well, she's trying to say to Ray, you know, like, this isn't JR's fault. Jack's death is not JR's fault. Ray says, it's the devil's fault. He took the wrong son. And that just, like, slayed me. Yeah, it, break, yeah. it broke my heart um, for that young boy. And um, he runs to his room just begging that his brother would come back. And this scene is 
hard to watch, it's, but it's pivotal in understanding how Johnny became Johnny and like yeah. what what burdens and things he scars he carried into his adult life. So. so again, it's a long scene. We've cut down. We hope you get a chance to watch the movie, and they're watching the clip in the in the room. So uh, thanks for listening to us describe it for you online. What what do you do with pain? What, what do you do uh, when tragedy strikes? What, what do you do internally? And then what do you allow to come out? In the Proverbs, there's a passage that says this, words kill and words give life. They're poison or fruit. You decide. Our words have, according to scripture, our words have the power of life and death in them. Do you, do you believe that to be true? And Jesus um, says this. Jesus says, what you say flows out of your heart. And so if you never... Um, if you never work through the pain of certain circumstances and experiences, the pain finds a home in your heart and eventually that pain spills out into the ways that you speak to other people. Can you imagine, um, so, so here Johnny Cash, his brother uh, died, and Johnny Cash had the, the pain he was experiencing from that and his dad says to him, the wrong son. He took the wrong son. And, and it was out of his dad's pain. It was, it was out of the experience, and he didn't know what to do with that pain. And so spilling out of his mouth, he probably didn't imagine his words had the power they did. And Johnny Cash begun a journey trying to figure out if he was worth anything and began trying to navigate, as we all have to navigate, extreme pain, not just from losing a brother, but from a father who said such horrible things. So uh, a question about words. So when we're talking about words, um, I wonder in your life and in my life, are there certain recordings that we have in our minds that we're replaying over and over that someone has spoken to us that continues to bring about death or, or some sort of pain? Does, does that make sense? Do you have recordings in your mind? Uh, maybe it was a parent or a coach or a teacher. Maybe it was a friend who said something. Are, are there certain words and recordings that just continue to play in your mind? And if so, and, and you know exactly, if, if that's you, if you have those in, in your mind, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I want you to, to maybe just uh, lean into that the rest of the morning. Just not those words that bring about death, but lean into um, maybe finding some healing. That's what Johnny Cash had to, had to do is find some healing from that. And then the second question here I think is also really important is how are you using your words?
You know what's interesting is my harshest words have usually been in moments of um, anger or pain and I was lashing out at someone I loved. Um, This is a little marriage therapy for you. I said things in a moment of anger because I had some pain in here. I said things that I didn't even mean. You know what I'm talking about? So how are you using your words and are you navigating the pain of your life or are you just allowing it to spill out on others? And I think that's a good thing to lean into. So Johnny uh, left home, went to the military, was in the Air Force, um, began to write some songs, came back. He was honorably discharged from uh, the, the, the Air Force and then tried to ha- find his way. Ended up in Memphis, Tennessee, where um, there was another musical artist in Memphis, Tennessee by the name of Elvis. Okay, just making sure you're still with me, Elvis. Um, and this whole group began to grow. Um, rockabilly, I think is what they called that kind of music. And uh, he kind of leaned into that scene and began to meet some people who would walk with him through the journey. And here's a scene of him meeting his future wife, June. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's Cameron and Lindsay here to just talk you through clip number two of this morning of Walk the Line. Sorry that we can't show you these online, um, but they are watching them in the room. We just can't because of copyright stuff. So anyway, we're here to walk you through what's going in, yeah. what's going on in this magazine. Yeah, yeah so Johnny Cash is obviously older. Uh, they've been touring here, and we begin to see uh, him walk into the diner after playing a show. Um, at this point, him and June Carter have kind of been touring and seen each other play, but they haven't really had an interaction. Yeah. Um, he walks into the diner, June's on the phone, probably it sounds like to her mom, yeah. and uh, he finds a place at the bar. Mm-hmm. And they begin the conversation. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's a great foundational scene where you kind of learn that they quickly become friends. They have a lot in common. They're obviously sympathizing with each other, sort of, um, throats and the tired voices and the long nights and the long bus rides to and from cities where they're touring and um, I love too in the scene that Johnny tells June you know I used to listen to you when I was a kid and so it's really sweet just their interaction and you can tell almost immediately that June is really good at disarming Johnny they talk about their families and he brings up his brother Jack which is um is hard for him to do to talk about jack he hasn't talked about jack in many years and he begins to open up and uh, june's compassion in that moment and and listening is touching you know it's it's a it's a great scene um and then um you can tell when they kind of get done with the conversation june says johnny you're tired slow down and um we know, if you know the Johnny Cash story, he begins to get into some substance abuse to try to keep up with his touring schedule and, and the rigors of the road, kind of. And, um, and she goes, I'm gonna go to the Ryman, which is a famous theater in Nashville, is, is when she leaves. She says, I'm, I'm headed there. And, um, but it was just a nice little scene where we get introduced to June mm-hmm. and get to see that uh, Johnny's really continuing to struggle with some of his past. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's check out what Matt has to say about this thing. It's interesting how identity, like, touches everyone, doesn't it? Who told you you weren't a good singer? Everybody. It's why I learned to be funny, so I'd have something to offer. Um, Johnny Cash ruined his first marriage. All that pain, uh, he didn't know what to do with it. And he walked into this, this season of life that just wore him out. He was so tired, as you can see. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I'll give you rest. I love this passage of scripture. Take my yoke and put it on you. Learn from me because I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your soul. Johnny found this later in life, but through these middle years, trying to deal with the pain, hearing the recording of his dad telling him the wrong son died, he got really tired. And guess where he went when he got tired? You know where he went when he got tired? Drugs and alcohol. If you read about his, his life, he just numbed the pain. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of you know what that's like, don't you? to just be so tired and just want to numb the pain. Many of us go to different things. It's not just drugs and alcohol. I mean, we, we run after so many things trying to find who we are and trying to find rest for our soul. And so the question about pain today is this. How are you navigating the pain you've experienced in this world? And how are you healing from that pain? What are you running to to find healing? for your soul. And some of us in the room, so some of us are navigating the identity questions and the words. Some of us are navigating some pain from our past that we've never really dealt with. Sooner or later, you have to deal with it. So Johnny, he would tell you, ruined his marriage, cheated on his wife many times, Drugs, alcohol, all of it. Trying to find rest. Trying to numb everything that was in there. And trying to find um, success so that his dad wouldn't think that the wrong son was taken. And he just could never find it. Uh, He has great success in the music industry, buys a huge house, it's Thanksgiving, invites June Carter and her family before they were ever married, invites his parents over, and he just wants his dad to be proud of him. You know what I mean? He just wants his dad to be proud of him. So they're sitting at the Thanksgiving table, and here's what happened. Hey everybody, Cameron and Lindsay back here with another clip for 
walk the line mm -hmm. and they're watching this clip in the room we're gonna try to describe what's going on here for you due to copyright issues we can't show you this clip online and uh, this starts really kind of in a good swing mm -hmm. and uh, Johnny invites everybody over for Thanksgiving um, he's divorced now mm -hmm. June Carter's divorced so his kids her kids, everybody's showing up, and he invites his mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, and June's parents are there too, and they're just so lovely. And I think it's such a visible contrast at the Thanksgiving table of how supportive and kind June's parents are, and you have Johnny's dad. And there's still this very obvious tension. Their relationship has never really recovered or been worked on, so, you just see that very visibly at the table. And obviously too, Johnny has been struggling with his drug abuse and you can just tell that he's not in his right mind at the dinner table. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah right away you can sense the tension and him trying to get the approval from his dad. Yeah. And you like the house daddy and his dad, you know, it's not as big as Jack Rennie's and he just continues to go on and on about, you know, asking for approval or his dad's approval and his dad's not giving and actually been pretty pretty harsh and critical and uh, it's hard kind of hard to watch but in this scene we really see Johnny Cash start to unravel a little bit and um, you know he he says uh, he brings up the past what, what happened with his brother yeah. and that his dad first thing his dad said is where you been and he's reliving the memory of his brother's death how he was treated how his dad um, just all the clips that we've watched kind of see this development of this tension and um, and his dad ends up calling him mr. big shot pill pop and rock star he says you, you are nothing and yeah. it's really hard to watch yeah it's really hard on Johnny and he doesn't know how to deal with it because he's you know he's this extremely successful touring musician um, legendary already in his time and still not good enough for his dad it's just heartbreaking to watch and so um johnny gets up leaves the table and everyone else kind of follows suit um just because they don't know how to deal with yeah. the remnant so to speak so anyway hope you can check this movie out when you have a chance but uh, let's check out what matt has to say about this scene back to that whole words thing tiny spark can set a forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a ring of fire. Just kidding. Sorry. Man, I had to get you guys somewhere. It just happened to work that way. The tongue is a flame of, of fire. Sometimes it praises our Lord Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God, and so blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. Surely this is not right. Jesus did not say that. That's from James chapter 3. Your words, your tongue has unbelievable power. And here sitting at this dinner table, gosh, it's so easy to look at from the outside and say, why didn't his dad just say he was proud of him, that he loved the house? Isn't it easy to say that? But when you're in the moment, 
Men, when your pride is wrapped up in the moment, it's so easy to, to say things that we don't think matter, and all of a sudden, that little spark burns down a forest and takes a life. Um, This maybe is a weird path and track to go down, but when we talk about identity, we we have to wrestle with where are we looking for our identity? Are we looking for our our identity in success, in our physical appearance? Are we looking for our identity just in what other people say or think? And I think um, Johnny Cash was looking for identity in all of those things. He wanted his dad, like we all do, he wanted his his dad to approve of him, But the question for all of us is if our identity is always wrapped up in what other people think, will we ever have a home? And the answer is probably no, because there's too many people with too many opinions. And I think there's this in the origin story of the universe. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, 2, The idea that God created everything, that God breathed his life into us, that includes you. The fact that you have breath means that God is with you and his image has been placed on you and within you. Did you know that? That you bear the image of God and that's where our identity is supposed to be found. Like that you bear God's image, all, every single one of us. And when we, when we seek for identity and all of these other things, we will never be satisfied. We'll continue to chase after more and more success, whether it's in that world, the business world, or at home with our kids, or wherever it is that we're seeking for identity. Um, later in his life, Johnny Cash said this, there's no way around grief and loss. You can dodge all you want, but sooner or later, you just have to go into it, through it, and hopefully come out on the other side. At some point in your life, whatever the pain is, whatever those words are, at some point, you're going to just have to get into it and find healing. And as he said, come out on the other side. So uh, Johnny Cash would say that Uh, or his kids would say that somewhere in the late 60s, early 70s, um, Johnny Cash had a a real encounter with Jesus. And now he he was a troubled soul. He had his ups and his downs. If you've studied the life of Johnny Cash at all, you know that he had many contradictions, as we all do. Um, But he found this home because he found Christ and found a new identity. He had ruined his marriage, you know, walked away from that. It was, and he had struck up a friendship relationship with June Carter. And um, this next scene is a crazy one. It happened in London, Ontario, in Canada, in the middle of a concert. True story. Here it is. What's up, everyone? We're back with 
the fourth and final scene of Walk the Line. Um, we can't show these to you because of copyright issues, but they are watching them in the room. So we're trying to do our best to sort of set up the scene, walk you through it, just to give you a picture of what's happening in yeah. this stage of the movie. Yeah, this is a fun scene mm -hmm. uh, because we get to see Johnny and Cash and June Carter playing together, singing mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. the band's up there, mm -hmm. and they're playing a famous song, yeah. Jackson. Yes. And mm -hmm. uh, the crowd's loving it, everybody's into it. June and Johnny are into it mm -hmm. and and then abruptly Johnny stops singing yeah and, and she's like yeah, well, you're, this is your part you know <laughs> and uh and then Johnny says I gotta ask you a question in front of all these fans he, he says will you marry me yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna finish the song until yeah you answer until you answer me so um yeah and June says what are you doing? Because people don't want to see a proposal. Like she is trying so hard to just not not answer him because I can't tell if she's embarrassed or if she's just like, I, I'm not ready to make this decision. But what we understand up to this point in the movie is that Johnny has actually asked June to marry him. He says like 42 times. And she's always turned him down. And he's just saying, he's, you know, telling the world how much he loves this woman and telling her yeah. he he wants to be with her he's he says you're my best friend mm -hmm. and i love that so much yeah yeah, yeah so this actually happened mm -hmm. uh johnny proposed in front of a crowd i think seven thousand yeah. in canada and uh so what does she say how does it end well she finally says yes <laughs> as we all know she did eventually marry johnny um, and it's a really, really sweet moment in the film where they just embrace and yeah. you can just see like, I love how it ends here instead of like after the rest of his career, like you can just see like, this is the beginning of Johnny's yeah. real story. Yeah. You know, when he, he felt like this was his home, June was his home and his best friend and life could really begin. So yeah. It's a touching scene. Hope you get a chance to watch this movie, walk the line. And thanks for joining us for another week of At The Movies. So much pain in Johnny Cash's story. And yet there's always room for God's redemption. Don't you love that about God? He never gives up on you. He never gives up on me. And he can redeem even the worst of situations. Um, Johnny Cash uh, began this uh, relationship. I love this old picture. Johnny Cash began this relationship with uh, Billy Graham. This friendship, an unlikely friendship, right? They went on family vacations together. Billy Graham began to speak into his life. Talked about God's love his grace, his mercy, his hope, his peace. And though Johnny was still on a roller coaster of life, he found a home in the kingdom of God. And um, Johnny said this, uh, all of your life you'll be faced with a choice. You can choose love or you can choose hate. I choose love. And he walked that out. Uh, as best he could, 
the rest of his life. And that's true for you and me too. That we are faced with a choice that we can choose love or we can choose hate. We can look back at experiences from our past and choose to hate those who hurt us. Or we can choose to do the same thing that God has done and that's to give us his grace and his love. We can pass that along to the people around us. In First uh, John, John uh, is writing, he says, Dear friends, let us just continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So I don't know, in this story, in this parable, that happens to come from a true story of a life that was a mess and found redemption, I don't know what it is for you. Is it words that have been spoken to you? Is it words that you've said to another person? Is it a, a searching for identity in your life and just not being able to find a home? Uh, is it some sort of pain that you just haven't been able to, to find freedom from? I don't, I don't know what it is for you, but this morning, my guess is all of us, there's something for each one of us. That's how God's spirit works. Um, I'm going to invite you to stand with me, and I'm going to say a prayer. We'll sing one last song about God's promises, and feel the freedom to move around the room. There's candles just representing God's presence. Maybe you want to light a candle, ask God to be with you. Maybe you want to take communion, be reminded of his love, just a piece of bread and a, and a cup, a reminder of his ultimate sacrifice. There's a prayer wall at the back, and maybe you just want to write a prayer and put it on that wall. God, I thank you for the redemption that you offer us healing from the pain, rest from our weariness. God, this world offers us a lot of um, temporary fixes, numbing agents. God, I, I pray you would help us to know that those are just temporary. I pray that we'd be reminded that you're eternal, always with us. I pray that we'd find healing in you and then with those around us. God, thanks for your love this morning. Amen.